0: Sherm Chester, along with Sam Bruno and the coach, Bill Taylor, basketball season, things are shaping up for the playoffs. Uh, I guess, Sam, let's start off with the girls. Sure, uh, Sherm. Sure. Um, you know, the, again, the season is a, is a compact
1: season. It's going to end on February 2nd. First playoff game is going to be on February 8th, and it's all going to culminate with uh, the final games being played at UNH on February 20th. So that kind of gives you a kind of scope here of what's going to be happening over the next month. Uh, For Dave Solkonicki's girls team, boy, it's been a tough, tough last week. Uh, What's going to go down in history of Exeter-Winnikunnen games as the heave uh, happened at Winikunnen High School uh, last Friday night uh, when the Blue Hawk girls valiantly, valiantly, took a lead with 10 seconds left to go uh, by one point, but a uh, young lady from uh took a pass around midcourt and just sent off a Hail Mary toward the basket, bank shot off the board and in for a uh, thrilling win for the Winniconnant Warriors in, uh, in what has to go down as one of the great
0: Exeter Winniconnant girls games. She got her, She got on the ESPN with that shot, she, too.
1: She did. She did. The, the fans came flying out of the stands. So much for our announcements of no fans are allowed on the court at any time. Didn't work out. That game put the girls at 500 at 7-7. Seven and seven, And then uh, this past, uh, the, the next game, they went to Hudson and took on the Broncos of Alvern. And the Broncos just squeaked by, by three points. So two tough losses. So the girls are going to wrap up their season with three games, one at home, two on the road. They're going to face the Pinkerton Astros, which is going to be a monumental task as the Astros are 13 and one on the season. Uh, They are an outstanding, outstanding team. And, uh, you know, for the Blue Hawk girls, they're going to need to play their best defense of the season and hang on to the ball and uh, make every shot count. They wrap up the season going to Londonderry and going to Wyndham. Which are both possible win games for them. So uh, juggling things right now. I don't think I don't think there's a way that maybe the girls could get a home playoff game, but finishing 500 would be an important step forward for this club, and certainly would get them into the playoffs uh, again. That begin on February 8th.
0: And it's also going to, you know, obviously where they stack in that in that uh, 16 team. And I, I understand it's going to be 16 teams involved yeah. in, the, in the tournament. Yes. Yeah. So you know that'll be the seeding is obviously important uh, as we found out last year uh, uh, with the uh, Blue Hawk boys uh, in, in the first round. Again, I said it in our last program, and I'll say it again: Trinity is the team to beat. They're top of the heap and uh, so far undefeated. And I, from what I saw, they had only ten players the night they played the Blue Hawks. Uh, the JVs couldn't play because of a COVID outbreak, but the the varsity for Trinity showed up, and with only ten players. Uh, took us to school and uh, they, they have the potential to run the table and uh, be the top seed all the way. But Pinkerton and Astros are another tough uh, team to beat. And that's uh, another one that the, the Bluehawks haven't played at this point. Uh, so that's probably their biggest hurdle going into the final few games and seeding is what's going to count where, you know, where we stack up and being 16 teams deep right now, when it kind of is the team that's kind of on the bubble, um, Merrimack went kind of Wyndham. They're all kind of right there. I was going to do it this time and I'll wait until maybe our next program, the top teams, just some of the top players uh, that we've faced in those top teams. But for Trinity, it was the coach's son. And I believe his first name is Tyler, Tyler bike. And, uh, that kid could play ball and, uh, and, uh, it just, you know, I, I'm going to say that Trinity is going to be the team to beat at this point, but the Blue Hawks have a good, good shot for sure. Coach of, You've been you've been involved in basketball over the years as head coach. Um, going into the final few games, any if you were in the locker room giving them advice, what would you tell their players? Just don't let let up, keep the foot on the gas well, pedal. You know
2: what what should be happening, and I'm wondering if it is because of the condensed schedule. Is you want to be peaking come tournament time? you want to be at your best come tournament time and boy it it seems like there hasn't been a lot of time between games to practice Mm. and uh for kids to get better it seems like you're just you're playing a game and then you're okay well here's what we got to do friday you know you're playing a game on wednesday and okay, Friday, uh, Friday, we're playing another game and we've got to go over the scouting report. And so you're not allowed to change and adapt a lot. You're basically playing games as opposed to practicing and preparing for an opponent.
0: Uh, I see what you're saying. You want to get the guys psyched up, uh, keep the focus going because this is when it counts. So how do you do that as a coach? What do you, what do you just do? You said they don't have a lot of practice time now. Is it, is it just fundamentals or what?
2: Yeah. You're at the point now where you're just do, you're just, you're doing a lot of shooting. You're not doing any conditioning. They should be in condition by now. Uh, so you're doing drills, shooting drills, a lot of shooting drills, uh, and going over pre, you know, maybe you're you're looking to tweak your press just a little bit, or to tweak your half court defense just a little bit, depending on your opponent.
0: The Blue Hawks. One thing I will say for us, uh, the the gelling as a team, and 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 in the last couple of games, uh, Jeff Holmes has been able. The coach has been able to put in different mixes, give guys more time in. And uh, it's been, I think, beneficial to get their confidence level up.
1: Off the bench for the Blue Hawk boys, mm-hmm. how how deep do they go? Seven, he, eight, nine?
0: He uses just about everybody. I mean, I think the only one I haven't seen go in is the fellow that's hurt, Nate Ross. For
1: the Blue Hawk
0: girls, you know that everybody
1: plays. And Dave Solkoniki's uh, substitution pattern is certainly unique in the state, where he'll change five at a time and mm-hmm. bring in a whole wave of new players to keep the defensive effort up to keep the intensity up and that's what you need you know I think we've seen enough high school playoff games to know the defense wins high school playoff games there aren't very many high school playoff games that are offensive uh shows uh it's the defense it's the rebounding Correct. uh that that's what happens in those games and the Blue Hawks uh ha- girls have some good rebounders and uh Ari Pompeo and uh uh, they certainly have the three-point shooters in Emma Smith and Aaron McElroy and Jaden Rancourt and uh, Haley Harrington. I mean, so they can they they can do it. Uh, again, it, it all comes down, I think, to turnovers and rebounding in playoff games.
0: Oh yeah. And and in the case of the boys, I don't want to say there's a standout player. They're they're playing as a team, and that's to me what's more important than anything is that you can count on somebody coming off the bench to give somebody a blow or or if somebody gets into foul trouble. Uh, so far, that hasn't been an issue. I haven't seen anybody fall out of a game that I've seen this year on our side.
1: The The preliminary round for boys and girls is going to be February 8th and 9th. Okay. And uh, then taking a look at the schedule, the quarterfinals will be played probably on the 11th and 12th of February. The semifinal, you know, those are all at the higher seed. The semifinals and the boys and the girls are going to be on the um, 16th 15th and 16th of february at a site to be determined so we're still not sure about where that semifinal game is going to be played we don't know for example if uh, extra high school could be a, a semifinal site for a, a division 1 uh, boys or girls game not sure yet but again the new thing this year just like the condensed schedule is all four finals will be on uh, sh- I should say four finals, Division One and Division Two, boys and girls, will be at UNH on February twentieth, with the boys Division One game kicking things off at ten a.m. in the morning. Sure, come on, your <laughs> boys—you you better get up early that day to oh, be they'll, ready.
0: It'll be a long day for us, but just imagine those <laughs> those poor kids in Division One—they're they're, just—they're just waking up at ten o'clock, man. You know? on
1: a Sunday morning. Come on.
0: Yeah. Now there again, Coach. Back to you. If you were put in that position, you have to get your team motivated that early in the morning. How how do
1: you do
2: it? What you do is you go in, you have a uh, a shooting session at your gym, not a long one, but enough time for it to make sure everyone's awake and, you know, going through their uh, shooting mechanics. Okay. And you do that probably 830-ish, 815, and that that range for about 15-20 minutes and
1: uh a low key but let them shoot
0: let them get dialed in
1: yeah hey coach how uh, how are things in the uh taylor family uh, with girls ice hockey uh jeff getting through the season okay
2: i'll tell you COVID has wreaked havoc on schedules and on players and even on coaches the coaching staff hasn't been whole uh, since this, probably for about two or three weeks. And they just got whole, uh, I mean, everybody was coming back, coming together on Saturday. I mean, it's really, it's wrecked havoc with the, with the schedule. The virus has really done a number. And because the schedule is compact, they haven't been able to make games up.
1: Is Paul De Marino having any uh, similar problems over on the boys' side?
2: I don't believe so. I know they are playing really well. They lost their uh, first game the other night to Concord. That's a good example. The Concord girls, it's going through their team. So they canceled out on Saturday. The Concord boys were able to play, and they beat Exeter in overtime. So – and Concord uh, is one of the top teams in the division,
0: undefeated. So this- I know
2: that was Exeter Boys' first loss. So I think they've been able to navigate through their schedule.
0: But yeah, as, uh, as, as we speak, the boys are five, one and one, and uh, yeah. Concord is undefeated. So they and and Coach D Marino in the interview we did with him. Uh, said that that's the team that basically has to be beaten to, to, to take the title and uh, they're going to be playing again in uh, in february the 12th february 12th will be the, the rematch but that'll be in concord
2: the girls they will have gone two weeks without playing a game
1: wow Oof. it's just the opposite it's just the opposite of the basketball teams where mm-hmm. they're playing multiple games in 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 a few days uh right they're worn out but the You know, maybe the other team, other teams in the hockey leagues have a little bit more rest here. They're going to go to March until they have their playoffs. They're on a
0: more traditional schedule. Gentlemen, uh, one thing we've always done on this show is we've talked about the national scene as well. After we get finished with the local, we saw over this past weekend, probably the equivalent of two heavyweight fights when it came to the playoffs for who's going to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Sam, you want to talk about? Any of those games. Where do you start? I mean, you just,
1: you know, Saturday's game both came down to a uh, a game winning field goal uh at the end. And uh, you know, I think for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you know, I think they're the darlings right now. Uh Tennessee didn't show up in the second half and that did them in. Uh in the nightcap What happened to Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I thought Green Bay was gonna roll. Uh and they didn't, and uh, they 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 lost that lost that game uh, on a field goal. So both of those first games on Saturday, uh, I thought were going to be defensive struggles, and they were. But uh, I certainly thought Tennessee and Green Bay were going to prevail. I never thought the road teams would win either of those games.
0: I was thinking it was going to be uh, TB twelve versus Aaron Rodgers for the privilege of the Super Bowl. So. That There goes my side of the, of the ledger. Your bracket is blown. My bracket's gone. Coach, what was your take on those two games, the first two? That well, we you
2: know what? Uh, what I would say is, first of all, both number one seeds were defeated. So it, it says something about uh, teams having to play through and not have a week off. Because both those teams had a week off, and I and I believe in Green Bay's case, they might have had, I don't know how much the starters played in the last game. Not much. So while the wild card round was going on, they were resting, but some of them rested for two weeks. Right. And then to come back and try and play a game uh, didn't happen. You know, San Francisco... Is one of the few teams to ever win a game without scoring an offensive touchdown.
1: <laughs> wow, true. isn't that amazing? Special teams, special teams. What oh, yeah. a difference in that one.
2: Yeah, oh. it, it was. I'll tell you, it made for great television watching. Mm-hmm. If you were a football fan, all four
1: games were fantastic. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, those are heavyweight fights all the way. Now, on Sunday, Sam, you want to go through that?
1: Well, Sunday was just you just shake your head. You just say, what am I watching here? This is just unbelievable. Uh, you know, you thought that the Rams, the Rams were going to roll over Tampa Bay in the first half. And then all of a sudden they can't hang on to the ball and they start fumbling all over the place. And you don't do that to Tom Brady.
0: No.
1: You give Brady all those opportunities to come back. Of course, he's going to come back. Uh, but, you know, I I. I think I think the Rams have the defense to go all the way. I think uh, they could have it. They they could have it if they can just get their heads right. I I don't know. Maybe it's the LA mentality. I don't know the West Coast mentality. Uh, I don't think they have the intensity, but they've got the players to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then of course the nightcap. That was the game that I was like, I, I'll I'll talk about what my feelings about that. But first, tell tell us about that that nightcap.
1: Well, I mean I, I, the most amazing. Four minutes in football history uh, mm-hmm. going down the stretch there between uh, Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes. And, and you know, like you said, it was Ali Frazier. I mean, they were just in the center of the ring slugging it out uh, and who was going to be left standing. Uh, that's the difference. But uh, I have some strategy uh, points that I want to bring up as well on that last game.
0: All right. Well, coach, before that, before we let Sam strategize, what, what were your feelings on those two games?
2: well my feelings were uh the sunday game i mean you got to explain to me how cooper cup got behind the safety <laughs> in the last minute of the game and completed that you know that pass and then i mean another strategic uh mistake Why did they kick off through the end zone? If they were to kick short, you would have at least five to ten seconds would have gone off the clock. And instead of giving Mahomes 13 seconds, he might have had a chance for one play only and to tie the game. And, I mean, as we discovered, 13 seconds was enough time to – to run two passing plays and kick a field goal for Kansas city to tie it up. Mm-hmm. I do think you're going to see a rule change in the future. And I wouldn't be surprised if it comes in next year where both teams have a chance. If the first team scores a touchdown, the other team has a chance to get the ball and has a chance to tie it.
0: I agree with you on that. I, I, that was the one thing I, I said to- to you previously, it just—it was frustrating because they were going toe to toe like two great boxers. I know there's got to be a bell at some point, but you know I've seen fights in the past where they just let him go and and just let him fire him off as many shots as they could. And in this case, Mahomes came back, bang! Now you let Allen have one more time out there, and, and in overtime, you and I talked about it. I would like to see them in championship playoffs go one extra 15 minute period and whatever the cumulative score is, that's the final. And if nobody scores in that, then you have to go to your tiebreaker deals and you could do the college method or whatever. They could come up with a field goal kicking or whatever goofy thing they want to, but I, I would have loved to have seen one more 15 minute overtime period. And the guy who tallies up the most wins the game. And those two guys deserved it. Both, both of those quarterbacks.
1: My proposal on over, overtime change is to go to the innings format okay. in that the home team, the home team in a tie game gets to choose whether to go on offense or defense on the first part of the inning. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets an inning. So, for example, if Kansas City chose to go second, um, Buffalo would have the ball and they would play until they either got a score or four downs and out. And then Kansas City would get the ball. Let's say or let's say Buffalo scored a field goal. Mm. Kansas City would then get the ball and they would play and see if they could either tie or win the game. If they both got touchdowns, you got to scrap the extra point. And you have to go for two mm. so that that gives you four chances to break the tie in a play that's just not a kick. OK, so I. Uh, So I think the innings format and then if they're tied after the inning, then they go and reverse again. So then Kansas City would take the ball first and Buffalo would be, quote, the home team. Okay, And you settle it by innings so that everybody gets that innings format. I'm going to pitch something to both you guys. Go for it. And you have to shoot holes in it. Okay. so think here's the scenario. 13 seconds left to go. And. Buffalo is kicking off to Kansas City. There's 13 seconds left, Mm -hmm. and you've got a three-point lead, okay? So first decision by Sean McDermott is, do I kick the ball into the end zone, or do I squib kick it and run some time off the clock? I have no problem with McDermott's decision to kick it into the end zone because the squib kick could – something could happen. It could hit one of the up guys, and then he grabs it, kneels on it, and no time goes off the clock. Okay. Uh, you know, being a clock operator, maybe one second would happen if someone grabbed it and kneeled down. That would be about it. So now we've got 12 seconds left to go if you squib it, or you're at the 25-yard line if you kick it into the end zone. Here's my idea. You know that Mahomes is looking at two guys. Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. Why not with 13 seconds left to go? if you're a defensive back. You hold or tackle Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Five yard penalty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. automatic first down, okay. but three or four seconds is going to go off the clock. So you do that once, and now the ball is at the 30 yard line. But now you have like eight or nine seconds left. You do it again to Hill or Kelsey. Another go, you don't even get them a chance to get into the pattern right now and you're running time off the clock it's similar to when you have a a three-point lead in basketball and you're down by three and you don't want to give the other team a chance to shoot the three-pointer you follow them before that let them shoot the two Mm -hmm. with that amount of time left you don't want those guys in the pattern at all tell me why that does tell me why that plan doesn't work
0: no, I, I, Hey, if you're defensive coordinator, man, I hire you in the heartbeat. <laughs> I don't, I, I would bought that. What about you, coach?
2: Well, you know, uh, now that you say it, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, I mean, I can't shoot any
1: holes in it. You've got other receivers you could go to. Yeah. I mean, that, w- that would be in the pattern, but I mean, just shut down the play right away. Yeah.
2: Well, the, I don't know if the play would be, if you if you're going to defensively hold, that does not stop the clock until the play is done, right? And then and the flag is is thrown. So you're right. You're forcing Mahomes to go to Plan C or D.
1: I guess it, it you know it, it opens up all kinds of stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean you'd have to go into a. You'd have to go into a man-to-man defense, a one-on-one defense. You wouldn't be able to go into any kind of a zone, which is another whole ball of wax, the fact that if you play a pre-vet defense, it prevents you from winning. Uh, So I, I, I just think with that, only 13 seconds on the clock, you had some other options than to give even Hill or Kelsey a chance to put their hands on the ball.
0: Barring any unforeseen injuries or COVID, What are your predictions, gentlemen? Who's getting into the Super Bowl? Sam, let's start with you.
1: Well, I'm going to start with the second game, the 49ers at the Rams. Um, You know, the Rams have all the talent in the world. My goodness, you know, Stafford and Cup and Donald and all those guys on defense and stuff like that. But are the 49ers a team of destiny right now? I mean, are they just knocking off the big guys now one by one Uh, not having to have to travel as a West coast team to the East uh, in your, your, your championship game, I think is huge for the 49ers. Uh, So uh, I, 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 I think the 49ers can do it in an upset. I think the 49ers defense could be that good, uh, but I think it's certainly going to be a low scoring game.
0: And uh, what about the other?
1: Well, that first one, Cincinnati, you know, I mean, I mean, I I can't figure Cincinnati out, but the way that Kansas City is playing right now and coming off a win like that, they have just got to be so psyched and playing that game at Arrowhead Stadium is going to be a, a huge, huge, huge uh, factor for them. So uh, I, I can't see any scenario where Kansas City doesn't win by 10, 14 points in that game.
0: Okay, coach, I'm putting you on the spot
1: now.
2: Okay, I think one thing that hasn't been said is San Francisco has beaten Los Angeles the past four or five times they've played. So the 49ers have shown that they can beat the Rams. I think the 49ers I think the Forty Nineers have the best defensive team. They don't have the best big names but they have the best defensive team uh, left standing out of the four of them. I think the 49ers beat the Rams again. I think I agree with Sam. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. But the player of the game, as he was in the game against Green Bay, Debo Samuel, that guy is immense. Mm -hmm. He refused to lose when he got his hands on the ball what they needed for a first down he was going to get i predict he's the player of the game and uh in that game i agree with sam also i don't see any scenario that cincinnati can go into arrowhead and beat mahomes and the chiefs so i think we're going to see the kansas city and the super bowl uh Against Frisco, and you know what? The, the last time they they met, I believe Frisco was ahead till there were five minutes to play in the game, yep, and then Kansas City won their first Super
0: Bowl. Yep. So, you know, I didn't realize that uh, forty years ago. I guess it is now the highest rated Super Bowl, and still is, I guess, was Cincinnati versus San Francisco. That's Boomer Esiason. Yeah. Boomer was on that team. You're right. That's right. You know, you got two interesting quarterbacks, Burroughs, the young kid who's come along real fast with Cincinnati, makes him interesting, but Mahomes has the guns. Stafford has been (laughs) stuck with that dog of a team in Detroit for so many years. He finally gets a good team. I'd like to see him do well. But you're right, Coach. I, I, I that defense for San Fran is is pretty potent. I don't think uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, is uh, he's not my type of quarterback. I have to admit. But yeah, I don't know. I uh, that one's a toss up for me. I'll I <laughs> I got to commit, huh? All right, I'm gonna go. Let's have a rerun of 40 years ago. Cincinnati versus San Fran. How about that? I'll go out on right. a limb. <laughs> oh, boy. Brady couldn't be there, so whatever. Anything about the Bruins or Celtics you guys want to throw out on the table? Who? Uh, Who? <laughs>
2: Come
0: on, Tatum with 51 points? I mean, is he dialing it in, or is he phoning uh, it in? What is he doing? The
2: Celtics, i they're unwatchable. Yeah, I agree. Unwatchable. They... Huh. Nobody moves basketball isn't, uh, you know, uh, they all run to behind the three point line and Robert Williams comes up and he screens for whoever has the ball and he never gets it back and nobody ever cuts and they all just stand and fire up three pointers.
0: That must be frustrating for a basketball coach like you, you know, to see that it
1: is. I, I just can't watch it. I yeah, mean,
0: I agree with you. And it's the inconsistency. Just, Go ahead. I'm
1: just I'm just biding biding my time until uh, March Madness. I yeah. mean, there are some college teams out there that are sensational. You look at some players like Johnny Davis for Wisconsin or Kofi Coburn for Illinois, uh, guys like that who who are just outstanding, outstanding players. You look at that Purdue team with their uh, seven foot four Zach Eady. Playing the middle in those games. Uh, if you don't watch college basketball, flip over and watch a few games. Uh it's an exciting brand of basketball and they play, they play for 40 minutes. It's not like the NBA, where okay, we'll just go back and forth, and mm-hmm. then in the final four minutes, we'll decide who's gonna win it.
0: Yeah. And anything on the Bruins from either of you?
1: I didn't realize that Tuka Rask is back. <laughs> Yeah. When did that happen? Uh,
0: About two weeks ago. They actually (laughs) signed him up to a a remainder of the season contract and uh, Swayman was starting to show a little wear and tear. So they put him uh, back in Providence. So uh, we shall see him again, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, Tuca's back for a while and we'll see how that goes.
2: Tuca played back-to-back games and he didn't really have a great, I didn't see the whole game, but I saw some. And, uh, he didn't really have a great game. I think they're, they're going to try and get him into uh, as good a condition as they can, and he'll be their goalie for the playoffs.
0: And uh, we don't have really much news about what's going on in Major League Baseball as far as if there'll be a season and when it'll start. So that is a TBA. Big Pappy, uh, David Ortiz, is up for nomination for the hall of fame. And as we record this today is the day they'll announce it one way or the other. Uh, Some speculation that he'll make it easily on the first ballot. Others saying that he probably have to wait at least another year. Uh, Anything on that, Sam or coach? You want to lead off Sam?
1: Well, I think, uh, I think it's going to be close. I think he'll, I think he'll make it in the high 70s if he does make it. Uh, or if he loses, it's going to be 73, 74%. I think his final figure is going to be somewhere in the 70s. Um, I think a lot of the arguments against him are out the door. For example, number one, DH shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Come on, it's been 50 years. You've put Mariano Rivera in, and he pitched for one inning a game for all those years. Uh, so let's not get into whether you play offense or defense or not. Uh, uh, I think that argument has to go out the door. Uh, The numbers speak for themselves. Over 500 home runs, major league, uh, world champion three times, um, greatest clutch hitter of all time, uh, no problem at all. Everything is swirling around the 2003 PED test that was taken by Ortiz anonymously. And even the commissioner has said that was not a valid test, and it should not be counted. So people have to throw that out. Um I just can't believe, for example, that Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe did not vote for Big Poppy oh. to go into the Hall of Fame. I'm still kind of trying to figure out where he is on that, but he still Shaughnessy.
0: A- he's Dan Shaughnessy, Sam.
1: He's looking for controversy, I guess, but he's just, he's just got such a straight PED line uh, that he's voting on right now. And that's it. So uh, I, you know, again, my philosophy on the PED controversy is this. PED testing came into effect in the 2003-2004 season. If you, were, if you tested positive and were punished by Major League Baseball after 2004, you do not go into the Hall of Fame. If you were before 2004 and something came up about that, I don't worry about that because from 1991 to 2004, everybody was using them. It was a baseline. It was a standard. That's the, that type of situation. So that's my rule. So that's what I'm sticking to it
0: about you coach what's your take well,
2: on well let me ask sam a question cuz i have uh, opinions on this would you put roger clemens in
1: no because i think there's there was enough shadiness after 2004 um for him uh you know you know definitely manny doesn't get in cuz he was he was taken right. all of He's that suspended. A-Rod, the same yeah
2: but- But Clemens was never proven
1: that he used it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Clemens is a tough pick. Bonds is a little easier to keep out because you visually saw the issue there with Bonds. Mm -hmm. But uh, Clemens is a tough, tough call. Tough, tough call.
0: about Pappy?
2: My feeling is this. I agree with Sam that he is, if he gets in, he's going to squeak in. Do I think he should be in? Absolutely. Do I think, is it going to tarnish his accomplishments and everything else if he doesn't get in on the first go-round? To me, no. But do I think he deserves to get in? Yes. L- looking at his competition, if they're going to put anybody in, it should be him. Uh, but when you consider that you know over 20 electors did not vote for Willie Mays right and Hank Aaron was not unanimous and so if they couldn't put those guys in uh who knows but yeah. i do think poppy deserves to get in yes
0: the only thing I think that upset him is with this Dan Shaughnessy thing. Uh, Shaughnessy has always been kind of a guy that likes to poke the bear. And he poked Big Poppy for sure. And Big Poppy went on one of the Boston radio stations and just let it, let it all hang out. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't know why he left him off other than the straight stance, like you say, Sam, about no PED candidates on his ballot that's why Shaughnessy did what he did but Shaughnessy does know how to poke the bear two minute drill times so gentlemen uh, Sam why don't you lead off
1: I, I, after seeing such great football this past Saturday and Sunday um, and looking forward to the the championship games coming up this Sunday I I hope I hope the officials keep their flags in the pocket I'm hoping I'm hoping that they don't call a lot of ticky-tack holding fouls, a lot of ticky-tack pass interference fouls. Uh, they're not looking for every chance. The head official is not looking for every chance to get on camera and make an announcement. Um, I thought that I thought that in that Kansas City Buffalo game, I thought the officials the officials did a great job. They let those guys play, and uh, I think that's uh, what I hope happens. Uh, in the finals games is that the the officials don't step in the choice of officials for the big games. They put together these hybrid teams and it's not the group of people that go together. I always worry about that a little bit because they may not be on the same page. So I just hope that officiating is not a, not a factor uh, coming up uh, this Sunday.
0: And coach two minute drill time for you.
1: Okay, well, my two-minute
2: drill is simple because you know I'm a NASCAR guy. And guess what? The NASCAR season starts February 6th, and the Bush Clash, which is going to be in a a stadium in Los Angeles, they put down a quarter-mile track, and they're going to run it there The next generation car, I'm looking forward to the start of NASCAR season, and then they take a break before they do the Daytona 500 and uh, we have Super Bowl Sunday so so this week we got the championship, the conference championships in football next Sunday we've got NASCAR. The following Sunday, we've got the Super Bowl, and then the following Sunday, we have the Daytona 500.
0: My two-minute drill, the other night at Exeter High School, before the basketball game, I went into Coach Bill Ball's office, and uh, he had a visit from one of his alums, Hunter Long. And uh, Hunter came up to the school to present the coach with an autographed jersey, game jersey, a game-worn jersey jersey. And uh, I'll read the print. It says, Coach Ball, to so one of the best coaches and mentors I've had in my life. And it uh, says, uh, all I can say is thank you, Blue Hawk for life, and Hunter Long, number 84. And that was a game, uh, Jersey War, against the New Orleans Saints. So uh, class act on Hunter's part to do that. So Hunter, if you're out there, we're still... It's an open invitation anytime. Come on board. We just want to talk to you and find out how that first season uh, in the NFL was. And uh, maybe we can get him on before the Super Bowl or or shortly thereafter. Uh, That's another on the to-do list. Before we close out the program today, I just want to give you an update. This just in. David Ortiz voted into the Hall of Fame by the Baseball Writers Association of America uh, Ortiz, on his first year of eligibility, voted into the Hall of Fame with 77.9% of the vote. So congratulations to Red Sox legend Big Poppy from all of us here at the Seco Sports Forum. Look forward to the next program. And until then, for Sam, for the coach, I'm Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum. Be sure to subscribe to Exeter TV on YouTube and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seco Sports Forum and other local content. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages, and send us your game footage and photos to our email. That's Seeko at gmail.com. This is Sherm Chester, inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seaco Sports Forum.